Welcome to season three of our Ascenta Insights podcast. I'm your host, Chika Okeke, Head of Diversity, Equity and Inclusion at Ascenta Partners, a contemporary executive search firm headquartered in London. Our theme for season three is the power of diverse teams. Throughout this season, we will be speaking to business leaders and subject matter experts who have experienced the power of diverse teams and who have thought-provoking insights to share about their practices, not just in curating them, but the impact they've had across the business as a whole. Joining us today is Azim Eza, an experienced talent management leader. Azim has worked at a number of leading media and technology firms, including LinkedIn, Cision, and ITV. Azim, Welcome, and thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. This is a topic I'm incredibly passionate about and really happy to contribute to. And we're happy to have you. Now, for the benefit of the listeners, could you share an overview of your career to date and any highlights from a DE&I perspective? Yeah, absolutely. I think for me, just, you know, growing up as a black female and not seeing what looks like me in organizations that I wanted to work in, it was a little bit disheartening, but being a naturally curious individual, it didn't deter me. I wanted to get in there and find out why there was a lack of representation. And in the field that I eventually chose to go into, which was recruitment, try and break down some of the ceilings so that other people wouldn't be discouraged. So in challenging the notion that there is a lack of diverse talent with the skills and experience, it led me to, you know, actioning it through hosting company events that brought in talent from diverse backgrounds to meet and network with our various teams. The last event that I hosted was at Netflix, where I opened um, a really important dialogue discussing the black male experience in the workplace with an attendance of, you know, just under 150 black professionals and allies. Um, Similarly, at LinkedIn, I ideated and delivered their first black networking and recruitment event. So for me, when I'm thinking about my career now, from not having people that I could see in those organizations to now being in those organizations and and championing it and seeing that change happen. um, It's, it adds so much more meaning to my work and definitely keeps me really engaged in, in, in what I do. And and I think it's so important, you know, and, and thank you so much for sharing some of your lived experiences today. And In actual fact, it's so relevant to the topic that we're talking about. And I'm really excited to hear your insights and your experiences, because I think this is often a topic that is overlooked. So when you're building diverse teams, the question that's often overlooked is the representation of the talent acquisition team itself. And just to add a little bit more context to that, you know, off the back of 2020 and all the commitments that organizations made and reaffirmed around diverse representation, as a search firm, we found ourselves regularly being asked to demonstrate and articulate how we are going to produce diverse shortlists. 
my honest opinion is that that's good. It's necessary. It's so important to have accountability throughout every single channel, especially when you're delivering on such a complex challenge like this. And as a result, you know, we do have a robust search methodology in place that has actually embedded DEI into it. So we're very able to deliver on this. But of course, the DEI agenda, it's not just about representation at the senior leadership level, but it's about representation all throughout the business. As such, organizations will have, like some of the organizations you've worked for, robust talent acquisition teams of varying different sizes. But I think that the importance of these talent acquisition teams and the specialists that work in there is often overlooked. The importance, what I'm referring to, is the importance of building diverse teams themselves. So I think they play such a critical operational role in this, not just in sourcing candidates, but also building relationships with the right service providers who will bring them that diverse talent pool. But because this accountability is so often overlooked, what ends up happening is that the composition of the talent acquisition team itself is often overlooked. You know, I recently read an advice paper by Harvard University, which provided some really helpful action points about recruiting diverse candidates. And, you know, they spoke about the importance of networking, the importance of diverse and inclusive interviews and interview panels, the importance of unconscious bias training for those who are conducting interviews. And of course, all of these things are really important and there was some really helpful advice. But what's really interesting is that there wasn't anything in there about the composition of the talent acquisition team itself. And this is what I want us to talk about today. And, you know, Azim, as a talent acquisition professional, I know that you've experienced firsthand what it's like working in a diverse talent acquisition team and also what it's like firsthand to work in a talent acquisition team that isn't very diverse. So it would be really great uh, if you could talk us through some of your experiences and some of the learnings that you took from working in these two different kinds of teams. One of the things I would say, you know, before I kind of deep dive into, into my career is that from a diversity perspective, I've definitely become a lot more conscious over the years. And so I would split my career into two parts. The first half of my career was very much the learning stage of that. Even though I worked with great brands and I had the opportunity to do a couple of projects, it just, when I reflect on it now, it just wasn't a big part of what drove the business in the sense of, you know, for talent acquisition, we were still heavily, you know, required to fill roles as soon as possible. Um, you know, we needed bums on seats. Um, and as a result of that, I myself didn't even look at the composition of my talent acquisition team. I just cared about, you know, filling the role. And, and so it meant that, for instance, I was heavily reliant on candidates that applied for opportunities. And we know that, you know, not everyone necessarily would apply for an opportunity in, in some organisations, even if they could. Um, it meant that I would source for talent in places where it yielded the quickest hiring result, as opposed to maybe where it might take me a little bit longer 
but it was going to be a real gem that I found at the end of the day. And then thirdly, I relied on referrals of people in the organization where the change needed to happen. Um, And so quite naturally, the referrals were copy and paste of similar profiles. And so it's, I think it's only in the last you know, a few years when I reflect back on that, I realize when I look at the teams that I worked with, um, that there wasn't a lot of, you know, kind of diversity in the makeup of our team. And so there wasn't a lot of um, the sharing and the insights that comes naturally from more diverse teams as to how we can look for talent in a different way how we can get into the communities that we needed to be a part of. And then over time, as we built up those partnerships and engaged with them, then it would lead to quicker hires or, you know, it wouldn't take us as long, for instance. So, um, you know, I have to put my hands up a little bit in the early part of my career and say it wasn't something that I was wholly conscious of. But as as my consciousness grew and to your point, since, you know, especially since, you know, 2019 to you know 2020 there's been such a movement and it's really you know widened my eye as to who are the people that I have around me on a daily basis in the team and I was really lucky that at LinkedIn and in my current role my teams are so diverse I feel like every day I'm learning how I can tap into a more diverse talent pool that that's the sort of conversations that we're having in our talent team now and it's about how can we advance into those communities in the most organic way in a way that is respectful and to reach into the talent in those communities and bring it you know bring it to the surface so yes I think for me that's the key difference that I'm seeing between sort of the earlier part of my career maybe when working in a diverse team maybe wasn't something I was as conscious of. And then as I've moved into the latter part of my career, I'm seeing the, you know, the active benefit of that in in my role on a day-to-day basis. And, you know, when I think about that, that's clearly in line with a lot of thought leadership or existing, um, you know, reports, very famously the McKinsey reports, the various reports that they have expressed really the business case for diversity, equity and inclusion. You know, it, it's just very clearly defined. And, and I think that we can see the value. So organizations need to move forward. You know, we're, we're no longer trying to ask ourselves, what is the value of diverse teams? That, that there is a demonstrable value when it comes to innovation, when it comes to financial performance, when it comes to profitability. Um, so we've moved beyond that. And, and, and now we're looking at uh, operationally putting things in place. And, and that's what I want to, to ask you about now, because I think you've clearly articulated the value in terms of being able to hear authentically about the lived experiences from other people in your teammates, um, in your team, being able to uh, have advice about the networks that you can reach out to, um, being able to, uh, you know, change the way that you're thinking and, and, and work together to solve these sort of complex challenges. Um, but though we know it's value, we have to think operationally, okay, so, so how do we do this? How do we move forward? And so this is what I, I'd love to get your perspectives on. How do we ensure 
talent acquisition teams deliver on this DEI agenda, especially when so much of DEI is about representation. Of course, there's other aspects to it as well. The inclusion piece is incredibly important. But at the moment, we're, we're just talking about representation, bringing people in that come from diverse backgrounds or historically underrepresented groups. So you just explained two contrasting experiences that you've had in your career. But what I'm interested to know is that how we move this forward. So in order to move forward on DEI agenda, some organizations choose to set targets. And these targets or these sort of metrics are across all levels of the business, not just accountability from the leadership, but it, it sort of filters through across all different levels and functions of the business. So have you worked in talent acquisition teams where there are targets or even if there's not targets, that there is some kind of measurement on the delivery of diverse shortlists? Um, and if you haven't, do you think it would be helpful for talent acquisition teams to be more targeted in this way? I'd say in more recent times, yes, um, we've had targets in the sense of being more representative of the communities that we're in. So it hasn't necessarily been a number per se, but some of the guiding um, metrics, if we wanted to have a look at that, was thinking around, you know, the 2011 consensus. I know we had um, a census, sorry, last year. Um, but when you look at the 2011 census, it really breaks down the demographic of the UK. In London, it further breaks that down. And coincidentally, in London, it's got the lowest population of, of white people actually in the city of London. So for organizations that work in London to then have a majority white versus the ethnic minorities that make up the rest of you know, the city that they're in, that already shows you that there's a natural imbalance there. So again, you know, in, in one of the organizations that I worked in, our target was to be more representative of the community that we are actually operating from. And that was in London. Um, another way that Target has come in is around additive hiring in organizations, in the organization that I'm currently in. And the way that we look at additive hiring is by having the conversation to look at the team and ask ourselves, what is missing from this team? So when we think about representation, if everybody in the team is all female, well, we need, you know, maybe male representation would bring a different, fresh perspective to the team. These are the conversations that by focusing on what additive hiring could look like for a team, it means that we go away right from the beginning of the search and think, okay, this is where we can focus on a little bit more. Those are some of the targets that have worked without it having a you know a very definitive number and making it seem like you know high as a tokenistic so that's how i've seen targets come in and and kind of play a key role in changing the narrative and how we look at the talent that we need in the organization that's great so it's it's almost like a, a focus um, you know, rather than necessarily a, a target which requires you to kind of report numbers and statistics, but it's like a, a team focus. Um, and then that has sort of driven the agenda, which is, is very, very helpful. Um, yeah. 
I'm going to switch gears a little bit here and I want uh, to talk a bit more about when you're working with service providers to deliver shortlists because of course there's many different aspects of recruitment and you recruit across all different levels. Some searches that you might be doing can be more complex and you might need to partner with specialists or or, or maybe confidential etc etc. So you know when an organization works with a search firm um, that search firm becomes an extension of their talent acquisition team. Um, So with that in mind, how does that affect the way that you might work with a search firm to deliver again on that diverse shortlist agenda? Definitely. So the initial expectation is that this is a conversation that should come up when when working with an agency. Either I bring it up or they bring it up. And so with that in mind, it's really about exploring what's their approach at this point. You know, it's not a conversation about what are you learning? It's it's about, okay, how are you now putting it into action in your organization? Because what, what ultimately needs to happen is that when working with an external provider, they're they're a natural extension of how we work and what our talent, um, you know, how we're, how we're approaching talent at this point in time. So if internally we are really driving diversity in our talent pools and, you know, and our shortlist, then whoever we're working with also needs to be able to drive that. Um, and given this, you know, need to ensure that representation again some of the things that I do if I'm really honest is I do look at the teams I look at the team makeup in in you know in the search in the research a part of the organization and I see what that looks like because that in itself also tells me whether that organization outside of working with clients that want this is invested in that for themselves you know I think again I want to work with an organization service provider that lives and breathes um, diversity and inclusion. And, and I don't need to be worrying about that um, when it comes to partnering with them. And I think, you know, it's a very relevant point and you're perhaps not alone here. Um, I'm sure many organizations like the ones that you've worked for in the past are also doing the same, sort of making sure that those who are taking their narrative to the market also are taking uh, DEI seriously, not just with regards to the search, but their commitment in their organization as a whole, which I think is really important. So it's sort of all of those levels of accountability um, yeah. pushing through. Um, so that, that's very, it's very helpful. Thank you for sharing your perspectives on that. Um, I mean, this is a really thought-provoking angle. And, I, and I, as I mentioned at the beginning, I think it's often overlooked but it is part of the wider conversation about building diverse teams. So before we finish today, Azim, could I ask you to share some tips, maybe your top three tips from a talent acquisition perspective for organizations that are seeking to build diverse teams? What what are some tips that you would would recommend? Um, What I would say is, you know, I've, I've coined a term in the last few years for describing talent acquisition partners, and that is our career gatekeepers. And the reason I say, you know, I say that talent acquisition professionals are career gatekeepers is because they are the ones at the forefront of the organization representing you in a talent space to look at, you know, the face of their organizations when it comes to talent. What does that look like? 
are they living and breathing what we're trying to achieve in the rest of the organization? Have a look at your talent acquisition team and challenge the makeup of that team and challenge, you know, the lived experiences within that team and, and how that is, you know, impacting the talent acquisition strategy so far. You know, is diversity being achieved or is it not? You know, are there are there ways that that can be changed and, and can we change it essentially? The next thing I would say in terms of my second top tip is just really to remember that you can't pivot in the same position and expect to move forward. When you know that you have homogenous teams, then you need to seek a different perspective. So what is what is it that makes your team homogenous? And once you identify those, those attributes, you need to proactively look outside of those attributes when you hire next. Because not only will it start to spark that diversity within your team, it will also start to create teachable moments within your team that, you know, will enable inclusion to come to life. And as inclusion comes to life, you'll then, it it broadens the perspectives of the members of the team to think, oh, okay, you know, this is, we, we probably have been homogenous for the longest time. You know, the new perspectives that the person's bringing in, actually, this is really great and it's helping us to move forwards or it's helping us to look at things in a different way. It, it really does take, a sh- it really shifts one's mindset. And, you know, even for myself, seeing how that shows up in the workplace has completely broadened my mindset um, for sure. And then I guess the last thing I would say is, that to really focus on additive hiring. There's there's really no benefit in having the same. You know, it's like having, yeah, just having the same of anything over and over again. Um, The additive hiring focus, if that could become a target, will enable you to proactively look at what is missing in my team. Um, So yeah, those would be my, my three tips. I, you know, I would encourage businesses to challenge what the makeup of their talent acquisition team, that that's the team that represents their organization. I would challenge um, organizations to, you know, stop kind of going in, in circles about DNI and and the importance of it and, and how it can play a part in, in shaping the business and the team. Um, and then lastly, to really focus on additive hiring. Um, if you look at what adds to your team, then you will always find something that adds to your team. Ezim, thank you so much. Those tips are really, really helpful. And I think it's all part of the wider DE&I agenda. How can we proactively experience the, the, the power of diverse teams if we don't build them? So first of all, we have to build them. So we've come to the end of our session. Thank you for sharing your insights. Thank you to everyone who joined us today. And I really hope you enjoyed this podcast and that you will be joining us by tuning in to the next episode as we continue to share fresh perspectives and valuable insights on the power of diverse teams. Until next time. (music) 